You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the show. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune in, and I hope that each and every episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Special thanks to my incredible sponsors, INLPcenter.org, offering world-class online NLP and life coach training to people in over 70 countries, and to Daily Recovery Support, interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with skills and information that you can use every day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. On today's show, I'm honored to welcome in returning guest, author, and survivor Julie Coons. Julie first joined me on the podcast back in October 2017, and we discussed her upcoming book at the time, This Does Not Leave This House. Her story of how a little girl survived an abusive mother, Catholic school, rape, and a near-death experience. Today, she is sharing how this book has changed her life since its release, the feedback she's received, the challenges of being an author and a survivor of childhood trauma, the struggles of writing, and about her new book that's in the works. You can learn more about Julie at juliecoons.com, and you can find her on Twitter at juliecoons1, and of course, search on Amazon for the book, This Does Not Leave This House, or just search for Julie Coons. So let's jump right into my chat with Julie and catch up and see what she's up to and where she's headed. And here we go. Hey, Julie, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? It is awesome to have you back on Beyond Your Past. Hi, Matt. It's so great to be back, too. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. And I'm so glad that you're taking some time out of your day to come back and share some updates since we had you on the show last. Talk some more about your book, um, the reactions, how maybe life has changed a little bit. So For those who are not familiar or perhaps have not caught the first podcast um, or have not heard of your book, uh, please take some time and uh, share and tell everybody who you are, what the book is about. And then I will also put a link to our first podcast in the show notes as well. So the mic is yours. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm so glad to do this with you again. Um, A lot has changed since our last podcast. Um, My book Um, My first book is This Does Not Leave This House. It's a quote from my father. I wrote a book about my life, hoping to inspire positive change in the world. I was abused as a child, had a narcissistic mother, and uh, I don't know. I was inspired by a friend to write it. It was never my idea to write, but then I found out I kind of like writing, so I'm working on another book right now. And um, I've been trying to market my first book and promote it ever since. It's not easy. Um, And I've gotten some good, you know, good out of it, which is great. And um, that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a lot. You know, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, being a survivor yourself and, of course, doing daily life with your career and your family and everything and then trying to write a book and, you know, open up all those old memories. And then after it's published, everybody has your story and then trying to market it like it's it's a big deal. So huge props and congrats to you for getting the book out there. I'm actually looking at my personally signed copy of This Does Not Leave Its House as we speak that you sent me. And I am super grateful for the, yes, for the little note that you wrote inside the cover. Um, I highly recommend Mm -hmm. it. And of course, I will put the link to where people can buy it um, as well if they are interested. Oh my God, you're most welcome. Um, So, yeah. So why don't we kind of (laughs) jump into things and just kind of give me some insight on what the response has been from people who have read the book. Uh, perhaps any reviews that you've gotten, you know, what people think about you coming out and telling the story in your own words. Oh boy, that's a lot. Okay. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think overall the re- the response has been very positive. I was expecting some backlash from family members because, you know, I, I wrote about my life. Um, it included some other family members, mainly my mother but not one word from any of them, not anything. It's like I never wrote the book, but that's not too uncommon from my family. Um, I grew up Catholic, and my family kind of sweeps things under the carpet, so I'm I'm not exactly surprised. I'm, I'd rather it be that way than, you know, hate coming my direction. My friends from high school were super supportive, and they all told me they had no idea they, that I was abused as a kid. And I said, I know you had no idea because I never told you. I never told anyone. I wasn't allowed to. I was basically, you know, threatened into silence. Um, just by the title of my book, This Does Not Leave This House, my dad would say that to me and my brother. And you you abided by what he said. Um you know, um, he's no longer with us anymore. My mom is still here, um, which is a whole other story. But um, I think, you know, that um, as far as struggling, you know, as a new author, I think the biggest thing is promoting the book, getting the word out, um, getting people to find my book in the sea of millions of other books, you know. Um, it's an important message, I feel but how am I going to help anyone if nobody reads it? You know what I'm saying? Um, One one of the best things so far that I was able to do was send a couple of free copies to a place in West Hollywood um, called Covenant House. They help runaway teens. And these are some of the people my book needs to reach, in my opinion. I used to be a runaway too. Um, You know, so I feel I I can't really inspire positive change in the world if nobody knows my book exists. So that's my my marketing challenge at this point. Oh, and you asked me about reviews. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, The best review, excuse me, was when a total stranger said it was the best memoir they've ever read. Um, Another one, I know, I was just like, wait, did I just read that right? (laughs) I'm reading it again. (laughs) You know. Um, then, um, another one compared me to Angela's ashes. I've never read it, but I felt so honored because it's a, a popular book. The worst review, Matt. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about this. Absolutely. There's one star. There's one star. 
I had waited. Um, I had been advised to wait to have like 15 to 20 reviews on Amazon before you buy any ads, you know. So I waited forever for number 15, and it was this one-star review. Um, so I got that like just a couple of days ago. It said it was very poorly written. Sidebar, I paid big bucks to have it professionally edited. So I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, I'm calling my editor right now. And um, it also said it felt inauthentic. And my first thought, I remember thinking, was I wish, <laughs> you know, inauthentic. I wish, I wish I made all this up, you know. Maybe my life's so horrific, it's unbelievable, you know. But I, I kind of felt like saying the book was inauthentic was kind of saying I, I lied, which I didn't. I told a really honest mm, story yeah. about my childhood. I mean, not only did they post it on Amazon, they put it on Goodreads too. <laughs> you know, I guess it's a journey every author has to, to go through and deal with sooner or later. But I think for me, it's always been hard. It's been tough for me realizing not everyone will like me, you know? So that's, that's kind of... Uh, in a nutshell, my book. <laughs> well, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it on Amazon. And by the way, you can search on Amazon, just search for this does not leave this house, or you can search for Julie Coons. Um, either way, like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes, but most like it's got four and a half stars average and every review Thank was you. four or five stars. And yeah, I see the lone one from this person. And yeah. honestly, this is something that um, I mean, I've gotten some, some negative feedback on the, the, the ebook that I wrote called surviving grief, but by and large, this is kind of a struggle that so many of us deal with, you know, whether you're a, a, an author of a book or you're a blogger, you're putting out podcasts or music, there's always going to be critics or people who try and tear you down for one reason or another. And I think it's important and a kind of a good reminder for all of us who, who put our story out. In the, in the public eye in some way that this is your story. This is your version, the true authentic version as you lived it, as you saw yeah. it every single day. And if it doesn't resonate with somebody, that's not a reflection on you, nor does it invalidate your story, your experiences at all. I mean, it doesn't matter if it sounds cliche. Hmm. I mean, you know, for God's sake, yeah, I mean, yeah. who, oh, who cares what one, it yeah, sounds like? Okay. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the reality yeah. of I lived this, this hell for, years or decades. And, you know, this is, you know, if you resonate with it, you know, that's wonderful. If not, that's okay too. But either yeah. way, you know, we are not defined by a review of somebody who, who just doesn't relate to it or thinks it's something that it's not. So props to you for, you know, putting it out there for those that it has helped for all the great reviews. And, you know, and one of the great yeah. things is for every like 15 reviews that you have, or there's tons of people who have read it who will never say a word, but you never know whose life was changed or, or who finally said, I'm finally not alone because somebody like you shared your story. Yeah, I got that too. I did. And that breaks my heart. You know, when someone says, oh my God, you, you, that's my life. You just wrote about, you know, and it just, oh, I feel bad. You know, I got some um, comments like that yeah. on Facebook. But, you know, at first, you know, I was hurt. I'm not going to lie. And I need to build a bit of a thicker skin. Um, and I just, my first thought was, oh, I'm glad you lived such a charmed life, you know. And then I thought, wait a minute, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I hit a nerve with this person. And it, 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 it gives you pause and it makes you think, 
that everybody has their own story, their own journey, and I, I would I be happy if they didn't put it out there on, on my book? Yes, because I went from five stars to four and a half. But that's not my number one most important thing. My most important thing is getting my message out and helping other people, you know, to want to end the cycle of abuse in their own own lives and help others heal. So it's okay. I mean, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to try to, you know, find the person that wrote it, <laughs> try and get them to, to remove it. <laughs> I've heard mm-hmm. horror stories about other authors doing that stuff. I'm just going to let it be and just learn from it. You know, every criticism I've had so far, there have been a couple ones that it, it seemed a little repetitive. Um, and what was it? Oh, um, I take it to heart. You know, and I do want to, since I do want to continue writing, I do want to take that and improve. Like I said, I'm not an author. That's why I hired an editor. Um, but I am learning a lot and growing as I go. So maybe this is the journey I need to be on. We'll see. Time will well, tell. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, it is a journey. I mean, when you when you put your story out there, you know, you're going to get all kinds of feedback. I mean, even some of the best-selling books of all time have their detractors and people who don't like them, but it doesn't invalidate the message or the importance of the book for those yeah. that it helps. And, you know, I, that's that, that that's something that I always, you know, convey to clients when, you know, during like coaching sessions and stuff is I can give you 10 different strategies to work on, you know, this situation or that situation or change that mindset. But if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means that it doesn't work for you. So, so we go somewhere mm-hmm. else. So, you know, it, it's always a good lesson to remember that our story and the things that we do are not any less important or real or validated just because, you know, somebody didn't relate or whatever, but it is a journey and it's a learning experience. And that's something that we always can take from these experiences is that it's not a quote unquote failure or, or anything like that. It's more of a learning experience. And perhaps there's something to be gained from a negative review or, or somebody that comments on a blog post that doesn't really believe you or whatever. And perhaps there isn't. Yeah, so we take yeah. it at face value and we don't own what is in our junk. And exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, you are uh, brave beyond words, uh, you know, for sharing your story. I'm not Absolutely. so sure. <laughs> Thank <laughs> well, you, Matt. You, are, you are in my book. And I'm sure everybody who's read it agrees oh. that you are resilient and brave. And, you know, especially when you're writing about such important, you know, things that happened and traumatic personal things and stuff that happened in your own house. I mean, just the title of alone, this does not leave this house. I'm sure there are countless survivors all over the world who've heard that exact phrase or something similar from a parent or another abuser that was in the home. So, yeah. Yeah. I call it pounding out therapy. You know, mm-hmm. when you're typing so hard on your laptop because of the subject matter, it's pounding it out therapy. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes I draw yeah. a crowd in the middle of Starbucks. I like to go there and write, you know, and every now and then somebody will come by. Are you okay? No, I'm writing <laughs> about my life. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting is every time, I shouldn't say every time, most times when I interview uh, authors and, you know, and people who are sharing their story, People think that writing is cathartic and I'm like, it's really not. Now afterwards, that's when the cathartic feeling comes in because you did get your story out there and now it's like, oh, okay, it's done. It's out there. 
I did it. But the actual writing process is traumatic and irritating and confusing and every other crazy emotion on the planet because you're just so into it and you've got things flying through your head and you're trying to get it all out and you're fixing typos and you're worried, you know, who's going to read what and think this and that. And you've got all these things in your head while you're trying to write something. So, you know, you know, dredging up all these memories and and things that come up that maybe you never realized is not cathartic at the time, but it, it is certainly afterwards. I think so, but. Oh, it is. It is just a, it's a journey writing it. You know, my, my husband would be asking me to read, you know, little excerpts, bits and pieces, you know, to him, my progress as I was going along and I could not get through it without crying. And on my next book, I said to him, I go, you know what, maybe this time I can read a part to you without crying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because you bring that, you pull that emotion back into you when you get it out there, you know, things that you've stuffed down. When my friend said, Julie, you really have to write this book. I said, I don't want to. And I fought it for about a year. And I I said, I don't want to relive my past. I don't want to dredge all that garbage back up. But I think it's been healing for me. And one thing I wanted to say about the negative review, and then I'll move on. Even negative reviews I've heard can can be good because they validate the positive. You know what I mean? So people don't think, oh, you just had your friends and family write you a positive review, which Mm -hmm. Amazon cuts that stuff out nowadays. So that can't even happen, which I think it's probably good, you know. It's not a popularity contest. <laughs> there goes all those people I paid. <laughs> but just kidding. Um, you know, so they're really cracking down. Big Brother is watching. So, so you know, it's a, it's a definite journey, that's for sure. It's Absolutely. like cleaning out the soul, purging out the soul. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're talking with Julie Coons, author, survivor, and returning guest um, who wrote the book, This Does Not Leave This House. And so let's talk a little bit about if you are okay with it. Um, You wrote a lot in the book about your abusive mother. So you mentioned that, you know, your father's not here anymore, but your mother still is. So so what's the latest on that situation? Anything that's maybe changed uh, in your life as a result of sharing all this information in the book? Well, I actually don't know if she's read it. I don't, I haven't spoken to her in three years. Um, there is, there is, excuse me, there's a lot that has happened with my mom, and I'm going to choose my words a little bit careful here because I don't want to offend anyone and come to any conclusions. Um, I have a brother who's three years older than me. He lives in Las Vegas. My mom um, used to live in Oregon about five minutes drive from my house. Um, somehow my brother talked her, my mom, into selling her house in Oregon and moved her to Vegas. Um, He also talked her into putting him on her checking account. And when she discovered he was withdrawing money out of it, she took everything but a dollar out, but a dollar out of it. And then she called the police and accused them of elder abuse. Um, I got all this secondhand from his wife. I never met her either. My brother, my brother's a lot like my mom, and sort of when my relationship ended with my mother, it, re, it ended with my brother, too, out of defense for her, which is fine. Um, you know, I just, uh, that's another 
another book, but um, he got so mad at mom for calling the police on him, he kicked her out of his house. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, now she's running loose on Vegas and terrorizing the villagers. I mean, I never, I mean, I don't know. His wife got so um, frustrated with mom that I think that's what inspired her to call me. Um, she was being abused by mom after only a couple of weeks of having her in her home. And I said to her, I go, well, now, now you know why I don't have anything to do with her. Um, I'm not sure what my brother's motives were for what he did. I'm not here to judge. It's not my job, but to the best of my knowledge now, she's still in Vegas living in an assisted living facility. And, uh, yeah, that's that. I do. Oh, I, you know, how I used to, I told you before, I think how my mom used to always badmouth me. Mm -hmm. my brother's wife and I adore her. She's so nice to me and I've never met her, but it was nice. I got to know her through all this and she's a sweet lady. She's, she was so surprised that I'm not, I don't drink alcohol and I go, well, I have chronic pancreatitis. I can't drink alcohol. I mean, I could, but it'd kill me if I did. And she goes, I can't even believe it. And I said, what? And she said, your mom has told me for years that you're an alcoholic and you're a drug a, a drug abuser. I go, okay, not surprised, but, you know, I wish I could tell everybody to talk to me before they buy into my mom's propaganda, but that was that. And so that's what is up with my mom. I, I still haven't talked to her. So I know, interesting, right? I should write another book about that <laughs> yeah well yeah well actually that's uh so you are writing another book right or, or you have one I that you're writing, planning yes i am writing another book um it's another experience in my life that i didn't write about in my first book can you believe it matt <laughs> i actually have another story it's kind of it's let's let me say it's based on a true story it's you know i'm kind of taking a little jaunt into the fiction side so we'll see it's a little hard though to write about you know based on a true story and make it fiction um it's going to be called why she lied um and like i said another story i'd personally experienced it's about a girl who finds out she's pregnant the day before her boyfriend tells her he has a court hearing the following day because he's accused of molesting a child wow boom I know, right? Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of the moral to that story is listening to your intuition and how much hers kept telling her to stay away from this man, but friends and coworkers were all charmed by him, you know, and they encouraged her to go out with him. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then um, she tricks him into getting full access to all the legal documents because who do you believe, you know? He plea bargained, and so you're like, okay, are you innocent? Because, of course, they'll tell you, you know, they're innocent. And um, she has to make a decision. Do I keep the baby or not? I mean, um, what kind of rights do biological parents have to children? And she learns, you know, not to total spoil alert here, um, 
that maybe he wasn't interested in her at all. Maybe he was interested in her four-year-old daughter, which is creepy enough. And later he became one of Oregon's top 10 most wanted. So that's kind of that. Wow. (laughs) You think I should write that book? Wow. It sounds incredible. And I'm actually, I'm curious because when you mentioned, um, it's going to be like uh, kind of going in, in, in into like the uh, fictional side of, of writing. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how much you've actually gotten into writing the book yet, I'm wondering because I have not written any fiction uh, myself, but I've, but I've kind of been curious for those like yourself who have written a real life kind of first person account of, of the things that you went through in your first book. But now going into, into the fictional side, I wonder, is it any, and I hesitate to say the word easier, but is it any less intense or perhaps different when you're writing from the fictional side, even though you know the story and it's the same? Is, is What's the difference, if any, when you're writing about fictional characters or like a fictional setting as opposed to, you know, pointing out specific things in, in, in your life or in your house or whatever it is that might be like you mentioned in the first book? For me, I think it's harder. I I can write about stuff I've experienced personally easier than trying to come up with something that doesn't sound made up, you know, or doesn't sound far-fetched. And um, most of it's going to be probably true. There's going to be parts um, I did help assist um, um, detectives in searching for him. And I might embellish a little bit on that, but I'd say three quarters of it's probably true. And the rest of it's my little play on, you know, adding something to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm going to be successful at that. So we'll see. It might be a short book, but <laughs> um, I thought that I'd kind of like to try my hand at fiction. I applaud fiction writers because it's not that easy, but I used to have a wild imagination I think when you're an abused kid growing up, you kind of need to have a way to escape. And I'm going to try to see if I can pull that back out because I used to always be told you have a wild imagination. So I, I'm hoping I still have it in there somewhere. And I can oh, write absolutely. more fiction yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, a, I have a gigantic imagination. And it's funny, like, I, I know I've always had an imagination as a kid. And even now as an adult and... I still find myself just kind of going off into like my own little world um, and and just imagining things. And for me, it's a release in so many ways. Um, And it happens, you know, I mean, I, you know, sometimes it just happens naturally. Sometimes I, I kind of force myself to go into my imagination as a bit of a coping strategy for certain things. But this question just kind of popped into my head. So I'm kind of curious. And so, you know, you mentioned that you have, a strong imagination or you think that you still do. So if you're diving into the world of fiction and using your imagination, are you worried at all that this might bring up some new or different memories or things you hadn't thought of before? That's a good question because I'm pretty sure there's a big chunk of my childhood I don't remember. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I've I've just my your mind has a way of protecting you. And I thought it would be kind of cool to try to be hypnotized into remembering it. And then I back off from that because I think maybe there's things I'm just shouldn't remember. Um, Because I have a tendency to block things out. 
and um, I can block, I can be in a room full of really noisy people and I can block it all out. Just, you know, sometimes I'm really good at focusing in on one thing. So I really would hate it if it, if it dredged something, uh, but if it does, then maybe I was supposed to deal with it, you know, and I tried to get hypnotized once and it didn't work. I just couldn't be. I, I think it's maybe I've had too many years of being on high alert and I just couldn't relax and let it go. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. But uh, I don't know. I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, because I know sometimes when I write um, or I cover a podcast topic that maybe I've, I'm, you know, I just, I haven't gone down that path before. Sometimes new memories will pop in my head or fragments of memories or something old that I had totally forgotten about for a long time will pop into my head and it causes me to pause and you know, assess and figure out where it fits in in my own personal timeline. So, you know, I think, and again, it's another good reminder for anybody who's writing, um, you know, whether it's a book or anything else, when you, when you open up those, those, those floodgates and you start to to write about your story, you never know what's going to come up. So it's always a good idea to be kind to yourself, to take as long as you need to be careful with, with self-imposed deadlines or, you know, publishing deadlines, because ultimately this has to be your story in the way that you want to tell it. And, um, you know, I, I've heard people that say they've written an entire memoir in like six months and others of them took in 10 years. It just, you know, you never, wow. it's all hard to, to, to judge really what's going to come up when you start, diving back into those emotions again, even if it's from, you know, a fictional side where the story is real, but even the characters are obviously changed and whatnot. So, you know, just kind of reminder for myself and for everybody to always be kind when you're writing, because, you know, you never know what's going to come up. Be gentle with yourself. It is important mm-hmm. to take your time. I didn't have any deadlines on self-published, but, you know, um, reliving things is tricky because if you keep going over it again and again and again you keep pulling it back into your psyche and you know I had to finally just say I can't I can't do this anymore I have to write it put aside let an editor handle the editing part and make sure it's you know well done I wanted you know to be respectful of my readers and put out as good a product as I could so you know, it's expensive, but I, I went for it. So you just kind of have to let it go after a time. And even today, something will happen and it'll remind me about an event in Catholic school. And I know I blocked a lot out about Catholic school, you know, the, the torture I endured there, um, being left-handed even, um, and I, now I can't remember it because my husband and I were talking and he said, you never told me about that. And I said, I know because I, it just popped into my head and then it popped mm. back out, but mm-hmm. it was something that the nuns did to me and it's horrific. And I'm like, how can they do that? You know, don't get me started. A friend of mine posted a, a video of his sister playing the Alleluia song on, on the piano. It was beautiful. And he said, um, my sister doesn't allow me to videotape her. Um, she went to Catholic school and was traumatized. And this is a rare moment. And she plays the piano. And I'm thinking I used to play too. And it was for my own escape. And, and it's, but to see where somebody is 
in their 50s and they're still feeling trauma from a childhood event. It's heartbreaking. Sometimes oh, these I, things just never leave us. Well, yeah. And I remember on our first uh, podcast, we talked a little bit about that. And I think I might even mentioned it some in the show notes for that show. I can't remember, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but I know we covered <laughs> it. And, you know, that, that it's, it's so common you know, when, when you talk about these things that sometimes it, it goes in and out of your mind or, or you, you, you suddenly don't recall bits and pieces of things that you even wrote down. I mean, I can go back to some old blog posts. Um, and this kind of leads me into my last question. Um, and I'm so I'm sitting there thinking, did I write that? Like, did that really yeah. happen? I don't remember that happening. And so then I start questioning myself later, like you mentioned, well, maybe this didn't happen. Well, maybe I'm, I am, you know, you know, you know, getting it all wrong or maybe, and I have to, kind of check myself and be like, wait a minute, this came up for a reason. I know it's true. There are, you know, our mind protects us. And we, you know, during, obviously during the uh, traumatic events, but also during when we are reliving them, because there are certain things that are still buried and that we may never recall. And, you know, it, it can yeah. cause us to, uh, to uh, dissociate very easily. And that's, the, that's kind of my last question to cover for a little bit before we wrap up is, did you struggle at all? with dissociating when you were writing this book or as you're starting to think about writing your next book? Cause I know as a blogger, I dissociate all the freaking time when I'm writing. You do. And yeah. Oh my like, God. Seriously. I do. That's like, that's like leaving your body. Isn't it? Kind of. Well, now I mean, I, I mean, have a well, misunderstanding like, of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like the original dissociate, like the, and, and wow, this opens up like a whole nother, you know, topic, but just briefly dissociating is where your body obviously, um, um, protects you during traumatic events. So some people have said that they have seen themselves leaving their body or looking down on themselves or from across the room. Essentially, you're, it's your body's way, your mind's way of protecting you during the events so you're not fully present because, I mean, you may not have survived if you lived that experience in real time and were able to recall it. So as a result, when we start to go through therapy or we start writing afterwards, we can sometimes dis- dissociate where we just zone out. And we, oh, and we just kind of like, you know, you know, kind of space out for lack of a better term when you're writing something or when you're talking it and suddenly you pause and you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Where am I going? I can't remember something. And then normally you come back after a relatively short period of time, but the association has a whole varying spectrum of different types and, you know, varying degrees of, of intensity and stuff. But I know when I write oftentimes, if it is something where it's an intense memory or a particularly topic, a topic for me that hits home. Uh, sometimes I have to go back and, you know, it takes me quite a long time to write or to read something too, to where I find myself zoning out and I have to go back and reread and pay attention to what I'm doing. So I just, I know a lot of people say, and of course myself included that dissociating or kind of spacing out as you read or write can be difficult, especially when it's from like a trauma perspective. Oh Yeah. I do that all the time. I zone out easily, but I blame ADD on that. <laughs> I, you know, oh, there's a squirrel in my backyard. Never mind. Squirrel, squirrel, yep. <laughs> squirrel. But um, <clears throat> as far as um, intense dissociation, I know of two events in my life where I actually left my body, but thank God it's never happened when I'm writing. I think I'd quit. <laughs> I think I'd give up really fast. It is a struggle. Yeah, no. It's a struggle. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you haven't experienced that uh, very much. And for those of us that have, we know it, it's indeed a struggle, but I'm glad that you were able to get this book written um, to be able to get this word out and this message. And 
So um, why don't we wrap up? And this has just been awesome, Julie, as always. You can tell everybody about your, your website if you have a newsletter, again, where to find the book, follow you on social media, all that awesome stuff about yourself. Oh, thank you. I'm so, I'm so honored to be back with you, Matt. I mean, I just love talking to you. It's so easy to talk to you. Um, let's see. I have a website, first of all, juliecoons.com. I would encourage everyone, if you would be so kind, to go sign up for my newsletter there, and I can notify you when my next book comes out, and maybe even, if you'd like, get a chance to be a part of my launch team. That would be awesome. That's a new thing I learned since I put a book out. Get a launch team, you know. So <clears throat> that's cool. I'm on Twitter, um, at Julie Coombs One. Um, Facebook, I have an author page. It's just Julie Coombs Author. What am I missing? Um, oh, I'm only on Amazon um, um, with my book. You can only find me on Amazon. And um, that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, on Amazon, you, you can get the Kindle version or the paperback, either one. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and so absolutely, definitely check it out. Um, it's an amazing book. Um, and I'm sure as a, if you are a survivor or you know a survivor um, in your life, this book will resonate with you in many ways and hopefully help validate and encourage you as you live your life um, in the wake of past trauma to not be ashamed to reach out and share your story and know that there's people out there like Julie and so many others who are writing and sharing their story in an effort to not only continue their own journey, but to help everyone else who reads the book heal as well. So Julie, this is awesome. And I am so glad that you came back on the show and I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come back and hang out on beyond your past with me. Well, thank you too, Matt, for taking the time out of your busy day. Now that you're a coach and everything, congratulations. And well, thank you. Anytime, thank you. Any, no, you, I know you're going to do great things for a lot of people. So I applaud you. Just my hands applauding you. Um, anytime you want to have me back, I'm here at your disposal. So it's always my, my honor to talk to you and your audience. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.